like that, we are on episode six of It's Just Like That After 30, where we talk about one of my favorite shows that comes out on HBO Go. New episodes every Thursday called And Just Like That, a show that came years after Sex in the City. And yeah, of course, I'm Kara. And I also have a podcast called After 30 with Kara Erigel. If you guys want to listen to conversations about love, sex, relationships, and life after 30, go ahead and check out that podcast. But for here, we talk about our thoughts and feelings of each episode of And Just Like That. For this one, we are in episode six. And this episode really got me thinking that a huge part of our lives and adulthood really has a lot to do with being able to deal with difficult things. The real things, the things that hurt, the things that bring us shame or fear even. And the things that we almost always tend to sweep under the rug because we think it'll just go away if we don't deal with it. Which could not be further from the truth. It is a fact of life, shitstorms. Something always happens and will keep happening until we learn the lesson it is trying to teach us. And then we move on to bigger, better shitstorms that hopefully we will get out of becoming bigger and better human beings, right? That's the goal. On this episode of It's Just Like That, after 30, we're talking about the shitstorms, the hard realities they had to deal with, and uh, how they each dealt with it. Of course, on episode six of And Just Like That. So I want to talk about um, each character separately and, you know, what I thought about their, uh, I guess, what, what I'm not a film critic or a show critic or anything, but character developments or how, you know, they're, they're developing as people and how they're dealing with things on this particular episode, starting off with Charlotte. Um, she has this, uh, first off, I want to start by saying I loved this episode. Um, I know I was pretty harsh last episode um or the past two episodes it felt kind of i don't know what the word is but kind of a little draggy i feel like or you know i was appreciating the change but also i was missing the old style and the old writing and the old feel of sex in the city and so this episode i felt that it was kind of coming back to how it used to feel like you know it was more funny and you know um still real talking about the real life things and the difficult things but also in a hilarious way. You know, I love it. So Charlotte has a sex talk with Lily. Lily, I think, is what, 18 or 19 at this point. And, you know, she says uh, she's really glad that Lily opened up to them because Lily just blurts this out at the, in the kitchen, like on Sunday at breakfast, I think Lily goes like, I'm ready uh, because there's a storm or something. And she's like, tama ba? (laughs) No, but she just like blurts it out at breakfast that, She's like, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to have sex. I'm ready to lose my virginity. And like super nonchalantly. And then so Charlotte has this discussion with her and says, you know, I'm glad you opened up about um, being ready because during her time, sex wasn't even up for discussion. And, you know, um, Charlotte says, I've always been, I've always tried to be sex positive with both of you, you know, Lily and her sister Rock. And, you know, she's asking, are you really serious about taking this next step? And Lily reassures Charlotte that, Yes, you know, this guy I'm seeing, we've been together for a while and um, we're responsible about it, which was really nice. I mean, of course, there are differing um, reactions to this, uh, especially here in the Philippines. You know, 18, 19, 20 even is like too young to be talking about. We rarely really talk about sex with our parents, which is why this scene stuck with me and this whole conversation, because this was a conversation 
I had with my mom. Not this way. I didn't go, I'm ready to have sex, you know. <laughs> I went and had sex a little early on in life. And my mom ended up finding out in the worst way possible. Now, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to put like weird visuals in your head. Not in the worst way possible, but she found out that I was sexually active at a pretty young age. And uh, after the huge discussion we had, she knocks on my door and she like, gives me a pack of pills. And she goes, if you're going to be sexually active, you might as well be responsible about it. So here you go. So yeah. Uh, I really did appreciate that at the time and still appreciate it until now. And it's something I know uh, I will bring into, you know, if I do have a daughter or when I do have a son, I will have this talk with them, hopefully earlier than later, not sooner than later, but like probably at around the same age, maybe 15, 16 or even earlier because they start getting curious as soon as puberty starts. You know, anyway, I'm getting off track. But yeah, so this uh, conversation really stuck with me and hit me hard because this was something I had. It was a conversation I had with my mom and that I really appreciated and that I really thank her for because I was active, but I was responsible. And that's what matters, right? You're, I was safe. I didn't get pregnant early. <laughs> you know, I wasn't, I didn't make the best decisions, but you know, I was safe and smart about being sexually active. And I love that they're talking about and they're discussing this here. And it gets a little awkward because Charlotte, uh, she inches like towards Lily. They're both sitting on, you know, Lily sitting on her bed and Charlotte sitting on a chair. And she goes, mm, I also want to talk about like pleasure. Like you also have to know that you have to have as much pleasure as him. And Lily goes, no, 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 no. You just went from sex positive to sex awkward or sex weird or something. <laughs> I feel like that draws the line there. Like it was nice that Charlotte is having this conversation with her daughter, but maybe pleasure is another thing altogether. <laughs> but I did appreciate that. So, you know, they talk about this and then I f it gets canceled at some point because there's a storm. There's a, uh, what do you call that? We don't have that here. So I was unfamiliar with the term, but it's, it's called a bomb cyclone. Parang low pressure area version ng snow sa kanila. Like our thunderstorm, our, our stor storms here, and then it's a snowstorm over there. Anyway, so that happened, and so parang she was planning on losing her virginity, let's say today, but then it got canceled, and then eventually it pushes through. So she goes, "This is the day!" Like she announces, "This is the day." She's about to lose her virginity, and Charlotte and Harry are all weird and cute about it. And then she goes, "Bye!" And then so she's off to her boyfriend's place, right? Because his parents are out somewhere but on the flew somewhere for work or vacation or something um and then you know so she goes there and then eventually charlotte gets a call from her like panic call like uh she says oh we don't have a, we have we don't have condoms you gotta have you gotta get me condoms um he thought i so, so lily was uh, so charlotte uh charlotte was like i thought you guys were responsible like i thought you you knew how to do it and la da da and you had this all planned out. And Lily goes, he thought I brought it and I thought like he had it. So we don't have ending. Wala kaming condoms. We don't have condoms. So she goes, you gotta get it for me, mom. <laughs> so funny. I was trying to put myself in Charlotte's shoes and I was like, when I become a parent and my daughter asks me for condoms, am I going to get it for her? Because I do want her to be safe and responsible. But at the same time, I feel like if I wasn't, 
Charlotte's place, I would have gone, maybe it's a sign, my love. Come back home. Or I would have picked her up, you know. <laughs> maybe I wouldn't go out into a, into a snowstorm, through a snowstorm, to go to department stores and uh, go to department stores, go to convenience stores and buy a condom for my daughter's first time. It was such, it was a hilarious scene. And, you know, Charlotte goes out and she, you know, she goes through the snowstorm, the blizzard, whatever you call it. And then, you know, the store won't open up for her. Uh, and she screams from outside, like, my daughter, my daughter needs condoms. And you would think the guy sweeping inside would be like, oh, emergency shit. Come on in. Let me help you. But not. Nah, he doesn't. So she goes through the storm and she calls Carrie. She's like, Carrie, do you have condoms? Carrie is also going through the storm. She's about to go somewhere really important. And Carrie goes, why would you assume I have condoms? And Charlotte's like, oh, well, because, you know, you were seeing this guy. And it's funny because they're in their late 50s. And like, not that she would use condoms to not get pregnant or anything. But so, of course, Carrie doesn't have condoms. And eventually Charlotte finds condoms for, I probably said condoms like 100 times on this episode already. But she does eventually get it. And she brings it to the house of Lily's boyfriend. And she goes, there you go. Be responsible. Have fun. It was just this entire, I mean, it's not a whole scene, of course, that's like cut to cut. But it was hilarious. And I loved it. And like I said, it resonated with me because I did kind of go through that with my mom. Like I had awkward sex conversations with her, but sex conversations nonetheless. And that really helped me a lot in terms of being more responsible about my sexuality and my sexual life. So there. Uh, another uh, character, person, or um, about viewpoint that I want to move n- next to it, that really struck me is Miranda still. I feel like every single episode, Miranda's character kind of strikes me in different ways. <laughs> Um, on this episode, though, so she's uh, in bed with Che there in bed. Um, of course, we're jumping off of we're coming from Che sort of losing her job, losing this whole Hollywood deal. And of course, she's sad. She's very depressed. And so that's what she's dealing with now in this episode. And so they're laying in bed, Miranda and Che. And Miranda says, oh, I want to cuddle now. And Che goes, can we just call it a night? So like, like, okay, Miranda faced the other way and Shay faced the other way. Like they're about to sleep. But then Shay starts like recording something. Um, I forget what she called it, but it, it was something that she needed to post on social media, I guess, like for her fans. And like in a weird voice, like, hi, happy birthday, to blah, blah, blah. Like recording it on her phone, like as a voice note, I guess, or recording it on Instagram and Facebook or whatever. And then so like you see, you see Miranda, Miranda woke up and then she goes, what was that? What was that about? And then she goes, uh, well, uh, it, it's what, like Miranda's like, what was that voice? Who was that? Like, I feel like I've never heard that voice before. And then she says, well, it's my um, pretending my career isn't over voice. And it's the only way I can make money right now because she did lose her job. And Miranda says, so you're pretending to be fine online? And she says, yeah, isn't that what social media is for? And, you know, Miranda, they have this whole conversation about Miranda being worried that Che's been moping around in the apartment for weeks. And um, Che says, I'm sorry, I'm not climbing. This line was also very 
uh, I guess, had a lot of weight for me. And she says, I'm sorry, I'm not climbing out of my deep depression fast enough for you. Uh, um, this is a feeling that a lot of people get, I guess, in relationships, not just in love relationships, but generally, you know, um, when someone you love is going through something and, and they're really going through that thing deep and, you know, the world still goes around and people's lives are still, you know, they're still living their regular lives. And when you are the one going through something, it feels like the world just stops and it feels like you're just, you keep falling and falling and there's this black hole, right? But the world is still going on around you. It doesn't stop, although that, that's what it feels like. So, of course, people around you who care about you, who love you, will worry and will want you to get out of that falling. will want you to stop falling, essentially. Um, but if you're not ready yet, if you're still feeling all of it or dealing with all of it, then it, it gets a little tough. There's going to be some sort of friction between you and the people who love you and who care about you, who don't like seeing you that way but it's just a hard reality that the only way to get over it is to get through it you know so Miranda says at least go out and take a walk talk to a real person and like I said I really felt this because when I left Manila and moved to a different city it did feel like I was grieving a loss and it did feel like I was just falling falling fading away only because I had held on to whatever it is I had in, you know, a different city. And that's what it felt like the first few months. And I also couldn't move. I couldn't get out of the house. And I felt the need to keep up appearances because my work relied on, well, you know, social media as well and my presence there. And, you know, I have a whole podcast talking about life and gratitude and, and kindness and breathing and happiness. And I felt like, I needed to keep that going because number one, I needed something of mine so I don't fade away. And it was something I worked hard on. It was something I loved. And secondly, I needed to make money. You know, I left the city. I'm in the province and I don't, I, you know, I'm still finding my way and I needed to keep making money. So I felt like I needed to keep up appearances, like that I was happy, that there's nothing wrong and, and all that. And so Miranda says, how come I get sad Che and some tits in Arizona gets all happy Che? Because, you know, parang merong, there's this girl who sends Che like a tit pic, like a picture of her boobs. And, you know, it's just for work. It's just for like, I don't know, like social media or whatever. You know, she was entertaining it. And Miranda wasn't really jealous about it, but she was just, she was more jealous of the appearance and the happiness and the attention that Che is giving her fans and the people she interacts with online and Miranda here, a real person, gets all the sad and, you know, the, the, the falling part of Che, which felt very real to me as well, because I am married and I moved to the province with my husband and he's the one who has to deal with my falling. You know, it's not his fault. I made the decision. Um, I wasn't forced to move out of the city. I wasn't forced to marry him or to be here with him, but my feelings are still very real. And though it didn't feel right, I guess, on the outside, because he had to deal with it the way that Miranda's dealing with Che's unhappy side here, my husband was dealing with my unhappy side too, but my feelings were very real. And I just 
had to get through it. And because we are married and we are in a loving relationship, we both had to get through it. Um, though, although Chase says something here and uh, Miranda says, I'm trying, I'm here trying to help you move on. And I don't deserve that. I don't deserve being treated this way. And, you know, so Chase says, no, you don't. I'm sorry. I'm saying these because I've had multiple conversations with my husband about this. Uh, you know, in the months that I was going through this sort of like sadness and, and de light depression, I guess. And no, he doesn't deserve it. No, they don't deserve it. But it is a reality that we had to face head on. And, you know, because he was just he was just trying to live his life, too. And he, at the same time, he was helping support me in the way I was feeling, like helping me get back up, helping me get out of the house, you know. But it was hard. It was hard at the time. But I'm very thankful that he was there for me and he was there for me all throughout. And yeah, so I want to get back to that because I'm kind of distracted by uh, I want to talk about Carrie now. So Carrie reads her book in a they're calling it a widow event. Like there's this whole event where I guess um, female writers, uh, it's a group of, of widowed women who are trying to just like get through it, Kenyan, and she was invited to read uh, a part of her book in that event. And so she reads her book in the event. She asks Che to come with her. And it was like pulling teeth with Che because, you know, she didn't really want to go out. She was making up excuses and everything to not go with Carrie. But eventually she does. Carrie convinces her. And so they're there. And she reads her book. And there's a part of it where she says, I realize you don't, you don't move on because you're ready. You move on because you've outgrown who you used to be. And this is so true. It's so true of grief and death and losing someone, losing yourself, just losing something and moving on. It is so, so true. Um, you know, after this whole thing, Che goes to Carrie and she says, you know, thank you uh, for giving me some perspective. Che says, you had your actual loves of your life die, you know, because she was in that widow event. You had the actual loves of your life die, and I just had my ego die. No matter how fragile I feel, I need to move on with my shit too. I love that. That was so profound for me. Because again, I super relate to that. I, I just had my ego die. I didn't lose my career the way that Che did. It didn't happen to me that way. But it felt to me, my grief was more of an ego thing because, again, I've attached my whole personality with the money I was making and the career that I had and da da da. It was my ego that I felt like I had to let go of or I had to outgrow something I carry. I love that. I really, really love that. And it really stuck with me as well. And I am bringing that on with me as I traverse through my life here in the province because it's, you know, it's going to keep me going, I feel like. So a super important part of this episode for me where I bawled my eyes out is they finally, finally, finally deal with where they left off Steve's character. And I, like I said, I cried so hard. They didn't really, they haven't really, really dealt with it. You know, what happened with Steve and Miranda on the first season and this conversation that Steve had with Carrie where he's still wearing his wedding ring and he says, you know, I'm never taking off my ring till death do us part. So Carrie finally spills that information to Miranda after months, I'm guessing, in the timeline of the show. And so Miranda comes home and she confronts 
Steve about this. And so they finally, finally deal with it. And I cried because Steve is still such a good guy. And he goes, parang sabi ni Miranda, I thought you were going to look for a place. Like, I, I thought you were going to, you know, just we were going to make this easier for us. Like, you're going to move out. And Steve's like, I'm not moving out. You know, he's been putting it off because he doesn't want to move out. He's like, this is my house. I built this. Like, if you guys remember from Sex and the City, Miranda didn't even want to move to Brooklyn. And I think I mentioned this in another episode as well, that Miranda didn't really want to have Brady. You know, Brady was their son, was uh, unexpected. And Steve brings this up, you know, in this whole argument because he just blows up. After months and months of not dealing with it, he just blows up and he says, this is my house. I built this. I built the kitchen. I built that. You didn't even want to live here. You never wanted me. You didn't even want Brady. And of course, it hurts Miranda so much. And she's about to walk out and Steve stops her from leaving. And, you know, he says, please, 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 please stay with me. Stay with me until you calm down. I don't want you. I don't want you being like this and crying on the train and just stay. And now I figure Miranda's that way because of Steve. Like she used to be so hard, (laughs) you know, and Steve really softened her up, you know, um, as they went on with their relationship when they were still married because Steve says something like, this is not us. So the softness in Miranda, you know, now I see really comes from uh, Steve. So, you know, how when she argues with Jay, like before they leave, she goes, can I at least have a hug? Or can I at least have this? Like, let's not leave it this way. And that's Steve. That's purely Steve because he does it here. And oh my God, I love him. He's such a good guy. So um, they end up laying in bed. And Miranda said, and, and they're hugging, like there's Steve is spooning Miranda. Um, and Miranda says, I hate that I hurt you so much. And I wish there was something I could do that could help us move past this. And as she's saying that, she sees a used, she sees a condom wrapper on Steve's bedside table. And she goes, what is this? <laughs> and of course, you know, Steve explains, yeah, la, la, la. And, there's this girl, oh, this, girl, this Whole Foods girl. And of course, already he's seeing someone. And Miranda says, I thought you were all sad and like you weren't over this. And, you know, and Steve says, who, who said I was a victim? Like that was all in your head. You moved on. I moved on. And that was like, you know, by the clarity for Miranda. OK, I guess you're fine. Like you've moved on. And also a very important scene for me in such a way that it's so true. You know, we have a lot of assumptions in our lives instead of just like talking about it, asking if, you know, because our perceptions are always clouded by our expectations, our judgments, our own, you know, experiences. And so we assume that this is what people are thinking. This is what people are feeling because that's how we are thinking and feeling. But it's not always like that because we are different, right? We are all different. And so Miranda assumes that Steve was not okay and he wasn't over it yet, but he was apparently. He was already seeing somebody. So Miranda comes home and to Che and she says, you know, I hate that uh, this is happening with me and Steve. Like we should have broken up earlier so that we could have still stayed friends. And this caught me off guard, guys. Che also breaks up with Miranda. I told you, there's going to be a lot of... Um, <laughs> Uh, what's this? What's the uh, spoilers? There you go. There's going to be a lot of spoilers on this episode. 
because I mean, yeah. So Che breaks up with Miranda because she's always also going through her shit, and she probably realizes that Miranda doesn't deserve this, and that she just needs to move on with her life and deal with it on her own. So they also hug in bed, and they spoon in bed, and they talk about it, and that was sad. That was pretty sad. But I'm also quite excited about where this is going to take Miranda's character. But I'm sad that they broke up. I really thought they were going to do something with that relationship because I was appreciating that relationship, the way they were dealing with each other. Although there were a lot of problems and they had a lot of differences, Miranda had to go through a lot to keep that relationship. I thought it was going somewhere. I thought I really thought it was going somewhere, but it ended. So I don't know. Let's see. One more character that I want to talk about is Lisa. Lisa's character is starting to become a little bit unbelievable, okay? Because at the start of the episode, it's a Sunday morning and, you know, they wake up and the entire family is on the bed, like hugging and cuddling, which is the dream, by the way. (laughs) But so it starts with that. And then like she has an event. She has this event where she's going to be interviewed about a documentary that she made which was amazing and um so there's a storm and everything right there's a snowstorm and her, her cab her cab cancels on her and herbert her husband also has this other event uh so they had to go to two different events and she walked to hers in her like dress carrying all her stuff carrying her wig in a box she just walks through the storm to her event <laughs> And, um, you know, she goes in the bathroom and she puts on her wig and she sees a lady there and the lady's just looking at her, put on her wig and she goes, we're not going to let a little snow stop us, are we? And the woman goes, no, we are not. Powerful. So Lisa is being interviewed at her event. She's on stage and she's talking about her documentary and her husband, Herbert, just comes in like, I don't know, probably in the middle of his event. He ended it. He walked out and he goes to his wife's event to support her. and. You know, she says how very lucky she is and she's able to do what she um, did, you know, come up without output and, and pursue her career because she gets the kind of support that she gets at home. And she looks at her husband, of course. And again, this stuck with me because of my husband. And I just want to do a quick like shout out. Thank you without crying <laughs> to my husband because he's been very supportive um, through all this, uh, through all my decisions and the stuff that I want to start, you know, the things that I want to do and I don't end up doing and me being hard on myself. Like he's the one who sees all that. And he's the one who sees me through all that and, and supports me. And I just want to say thank you. And shout out to all the husbands and boyfriends and partners out there who support each other. Just keep on going, you guys and keep supporting each other because you don't know how much you just don't know how much that means. And what difference that makes in a person's life. I said I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so there. Those are the scenes that really stuck with me that I really, really love. And of course, the closing of this episode is Carrie messaging Aiden. Aiden. Everybody. She messages Aiden. Something like, hey, stranger, want to catch up or something. And that's where it ends. Okay. She sends the email. and. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) So in conclusion, we cannot run away from hard realities, you guys, from the difficult stuff. Life isn't always rainbows and butterflies. We know that. But this is how we progress. 
this is how we evolve to be better people, hopefully for the improvement of the race. That is the goal. We face the real stuff. We deal with it head on with grace and kindness and love. Bottom line is that we deal with it. And then we move on with whatever the dealing with it leaves us. What's a hard reality you had to deal with lately? That's a question I want to leave you guys. How were you able to get through it? Huh? Think about that and let me know on my socials at Carrigal. See you guys on the next episode of It's Just Like That. After 30, now here's a hard reality I cannot wait to deal with. Oh my God, will Aiden be back? I can't wait. See you guys in the next episode.